It is the Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodwin, Tangway Along for the Ride podcast. We are sponsored by FanDuel, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Networks. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. With any winning $5 money line bet, that's $150 if your team wins. Jeff is uh, spending some quality family time, so it's you're stuck with the two of us again. What you see is what you get. Robert, um, let's talk about the Celtics here since coming off this road trip. First of all, the question I have for you is, why is it so difficult for a team to win their first home game after, say, going out west and, and going like 3-1 like the Celtics did? It's an interesting phenomenon because it's been in the terms of the Boston Celtics, and I can always speak specifically about them. Uh, it's a it's been going on for forty years or fifty years right. that that they are traditionally a little sluggish uh, in the first game home uh, from after a road trip, a major road trip, and uh, and that this year was it was accentuated. I thought maybe that the fact that they were playing the Pistons, and we all know you don't want to be the team that breaks the streak and um, that they would be sufficiently motivated. And uh, of course we know their first half may have been their first, first half of the year. Right. They were so uncommonly sloppy. It was like, Oh yeah, we don't want the ball. You take it. What, why do we want the ball? What, what, what are we supposed to do with this thing? And that's the, that's the way they played in the whole first half. And, uh, uh, and, and Detroit was very willing to take advantage of that. Okay. Uh, why? I don't know. I mean, well, uh, this one is a little bit different than you, but you get, Complacent, you're home. You think you're going to. You think the, you're back in mommy's womb or something, and and you don't. But this has been going on for years. I. It, but if I'm a better, I take note of it. That's all. Put it that way. Okay. Well, I, I think you know. I think to uh, like the uh, Larry Bird, Rick Roby days. Maybe the road trips were a little too festive. <laughs> uh, you know, or um, as I, as one time when I was actually traveling with the Celtics and we got into Chicago and at five limos were waiting outside at like one a.m. for players to go out. <laughs> you know, so you know, I think the yeah. road. Well, there's some, something. There's some yeah. distractions for young men. No kidding. I mean, I I got stories I could tell that I don't want to tell. Right. So you know, uh, back in those days. So you know, um, there you go. I I can relate to what you're saying. All right. So it's a phenomenon. Nothing now. Now fact is, um, they finally pulled themselves together. And, and they did. And they did. They were amazing, Bob. Let me throw this number out because I, I, I was watching the other. <clears throat> in what the Pistons needed two quarters to do, the the Celtics basically needed like eight minutes to a race. Right. Which that's how good. Well, that's it. You know, that's the team doing. Uh, but uh, you're right. It was they. They got right into it, and and they had it down to single digits by six minutes in, and and they and and we went from there. I got to say this, my big takeaway from the game. Oh, well, first of all, it was a specific play, but the, my big, let's get there first. They're so lucky. Uh, and, and, and it was just, and, and I'll say it was a bad call because it was an impossible call. And it, that goaltending call, that is the ultimate referee nightmare, not block charge, not it's, it's, well, it's goaltending. And, and you saw how many times they had to review it. And, 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 and the thing is, if they had called it the other way and said it, it, it was it wasn't goaltending, 
then it, it wouldn't have been overturned because we, the incontrovertible evidence to overturn it was clearly not there. That was the greatest borderline. I don't know. It was right there. You could go either way, right? Well, and they well, benefited from that. And then, of course, when you look at replay, it, ha it happened again in the um, uh, it happened again in in, in this in the second game. It happened again <laughs> uh, against Toronto. God, yeah. would come out of the fog. Where you look at the replay, and the ball is like, like right there, and it's like scouts like, is it? Is it? I mean, and of course, it's crazy. Issue, no, it, it it was tough, and so the call was made goaltending, and therefore it was not overturned. And had they made the call the other way, it would not have been overturned. That was the ultimate. Uh, and I'll tell you, you know, in the that, that's where replay though, you know, the referees in the old days would have had to live with the call. But anyway, that call was beneficial. Then they turn around and hand the game back to them. But when I watched that play, <clears throat> the, the jump shot was made, and no one blocked out uh, right. Bogdanovich. But and and the closest guy was the guy who does everything right, and that was White. <laughs> he and but he's he you would it just happened. It, it, you see that thing unfold, you understand how it happened. But it was so so much in keeping with the rest of the evening. They gave up what thirty one points on second shots, and that's probably terrible. a big high. I mean, yeah. they, they they did everything. They totally deserved to lose that game. They now, did. Let me say this. Detroit shouldn't be that bad. They've got three guys minimum that every single other team in the league would say, hey, I'll take him. He'll play, he'll play for me. He'll be in my rotation. And, and, and they are, of course, Cunningham, who is the second year now is asserting himself. Kate Cunningham, uh, Ivy and Allen. Ivy, oh, man, I'd like to get my hands on him. He moves well. He does. Uh, he's an aggressive kid. Uh, that they're, they're, they shouldn't be that bad. How they have managed to lose twenty eight, particularly since if you would have polled everybody, all the you know the, the cognoscenti in the league and before the season, what do you think of Monty Williams? I think it would. Oh, he's a good coach. Uh, you know, I think people respect and like Monty Williams. Well, they certainly like him, and I I think they respect him. And I don't know. You know, it's this is a tough a tough life that they're living. They shouldn't be that bad. That uh, the, 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 I don't think on on, on the raw talent that. That's my opinion. Well, right now it's obviously mental. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it, it's in their heads. You know, the Celtics came back in the third quarter and they go, here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah. yeah. Here we go again. What are we going to do? You know, the numbers that they were giving us, uh, the few times that all year they've had leads at, at, time, at the late in the game, it's astonishing. I mean, you know, they're, that's they're, huge, right? That's huge. Seldom, yeah. They're seldom in games. And, and, uh, but, but I'm telling you right now, you, you put Kate Cunningham up there on the open market and uh, you did. 30 teams, 29 teams are ready to scoop them up. So anyway, that, that's the story there. It's that they're, they're now in a position to break the record for, you know, go whoopee, you know, for most of uh, right. consecutive losses overall, because they've already set the single season record. Now they got to go for the 76ers overlap record. Well, I mean, you mentioned Monty Williams. I remember Doc Rivers, I think, <laughs> endorsed him, which helped. But like, didn't Monty have to coach one of Doc's kids? And wasn't he in New Orleans, then Phoenix, then here? Isn't this his third team? Uh, yeah, well, Austin's been around so much. I, I think you're right. I don't know where it went. Yeah, around. but I think this is his third team, though, right, Monty? I got to check. Uh, yeah, yeah, Phoenix. So Phoenix. you wonder, you know, those guys, he's like, he's the guy. But then you kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, his reputation, I don't know how, I don't know what this is going to do to his reputation, you know. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I don't know. But, I, I, but everybody is rooting for him. Personal. Nice guys don't always make the best coaches, Bob. No, we know that. No, no we, we do know that. And, and, and real. Here's a question for Bob Ryan for the History Channel. Without putting you on the spot, 
who was the mean, I don't know, meanest, <laughs> meanest, grumpiest, hardest, toughest, uh, best coach you ever saw? Was it Fitch? Oh, Bill Fitch was a coach. Absolutely. He was a coach in every way. And, and he was a comet that flashed across because he wore people out. And he wore the Celtics out by, by year four. Well, Larry and, loved them. And, and Bill Fitch. Uh, Bill Fitch was instrumental in turning them, helping turn them around. When people think about 79-80 and the fact that they went from 29 wins to 62. And the first thing I think about is Larry. Yes, Larry was extremely important. However, they got a real coach, not Dave Cowens, who didn't want to coach anyway. You know, uh, and they, he had finished up the year before as player coach. It wasn't didn't go very well. And, and uh, got a real coach. Tiny Archibald regained health. He had been after, after suffering a Achilles. They signed ML Carr away from Detroit. And he had led the league in minutes played the year before. He was a free agent. They signed ML Carr. They got Gerald Henderson. Uh, who, who had been, you know, it, it was delayed getting here, but it was, it was another equivalent of a first-round draft pick. So a lot of things, but Bill Fitch was instrumental. And and then they win the championship the second year uh, in 80-81. And, uh, and anyway, but by 83, I'm telling you right now, in that, in that playoffs against uh, Milwaukee, they, they had a mini-series with uh, Atlanta. Then they had the playoff with Milwaukee. They got swept. Yeah, Larry was uh, sick and actually missed the game, but they had tuned him out. Everybody but Larry, everybody who mattered, I'm going to say the eight by 10 guys, 12, 11, 12, they, they tuned him out. And, uh, um, and But he was, and by the way, he's just, he couldn't, that was the dual sergeant side of him. He could never suppress, you know what I mean? Uh, I liked him and we got along fine. And, but that wasn't the case with everybody, I'll be honest. And, and but we, I, he and I, I would call him at night, <clears throat> talk about the talk and, 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 uh, he used to kid. He lived in the bird's nest because he lived on the thirty-third floor of a high-rise down the street from the garden. <clears throat> but I liked him a lot. But but uh, but the fact is that uh, his mo was was he wore people out. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five-dollar money bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, it's a tough job now, and we're going to get to Missoula and and what he did in the Toronto game in a moment. But it's just it's it's a very tight line to walk being a player's coach and still doing what's best for the team. It's because obviously a Bill Fitch wouldn't work today, right? I guess not. Um, you know, but but then again, he's smart enough to keep the job 
and to make an adjustment. I think it's a, you know, I think he's smart enough that he was smart, but, but right. the fact is, and he coached several teams. And I'll tell you, um, that Cleveland team in 76. Oh, they were good. They were very good. That was Nate Thurman, right? That was Thurman and, and, and uh, Jim Jones and, and yep. Jim Jones was hurt, did not play against the Celtics in this. And, and that really, that hurt them a lot. Um, Nate was on his last legs, but he still was, he had something left in the tank and, and, uh, and, and he was good. No, that was a tough series, a tough six game series. And, uh, and they were good. I, I was present when they beat, um, uh, the Bullets and, uh, and, and Richland, Richfield Coliseum. And that crowd was as loud as any crowd I ever remember in, in, in the NBA. That was one of my, that, I, that memory is very, very lasting. Now they were good. And, uh, and, and he, he had, you know, he had taken over at them as an expansion team. He was their first coach. It came out of Minnesota, and uh, um, uh, I, I, I struck up a good relationship with him, really, and uh, so that that helped me a lot. I learned. I mean, he. I'm telling you, Gary, he was an encyclopedia of NBA lore. He knew every player's background. He knew in the league where they went to college. Oh yeah, that's easy. Where they went to high school, um, and and he had um, he had contacts. So he would he would he'd go back after a game and get, get on the phone and and call his buddies like Cotton Fitzsimmons, and, and they they talk about what happened in the league that night. He was he's, he's encyclopedic, and that was why it was such a jarring contrast with Casey Jones, whose stick was anything. His stick was people. Period. He those guys played their ass off for him. They would run through ten walls for him. They loved the man, and 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 he knew how to win, and he knew how to relate to the great players. He didn't know how to relate to kids, but he knew how to relate to good players. And um, so that it was it was it was a big contrast from knowing hanging out with a guy. That they knew everything about the league to a guy who who we playing tomorrow night. That was KC, but when it, when they showed up, you know, KC had his guys. His guys wanted to play for him, and that was the genius of Red Arback. Yeah, well, that was a hot cool. That was a very important transformation. You know, that that team needed the old hot cool thing. They needed cool. They needed. They had. They got. They, they he blast them. Fitch was too much for them. And look around. They won the next year. Now they. Dennis Johnson was instrumental and they'll make that trade. They don't win, but they did. And, and Casey was the right man in the right place at the right time in 84 and 86. No question about it. Um, okay. Well, well, speaking of Dennis Johnson, do you think Derek White is this team's Dennis Johnson based on the three he made last night in Toronto or against Toronto? Well, it's, it, it, he's performing a variety of services for this team. I mean, the more you see him, the more you like, him. I mean, and uh, DJ, I just have, reverence for DJ and DJ had a style and aggressiveness. I always say he's the most destructive defensive guard I ever saw, <laughs> you know, and uh, DJ did stuff uh, like, uh, now here's a very interesting uh, comparison, um, um, reference point. What Derek White is doing, blocking these shots. Right. He's suddenly like, it's, it's a phenomenon. He's blocking two shots a night out of the guard position. And that's, that's extraordinary. Well, guess what? In 1979 finals against the uh, Bullets, the then bullets. Um, uh, Dennis Johnson uh, was the MVP of the series. He averaged 20 points a game. Oh, by the way, he blocked, are you ready for this? 14 shots in six games of the finals from the guard position. Now that's aggressiveness. He's a, this style was different, you know, but, but, but this guy's performed. I mean, Derek White is one of the great, you know, we've had these tremendous pickups over the years, you know, going back to Don Nelson, who they got for like a thousand dollars, literally. Uh, a waiver wire that Don Delson would picked up from the Lakers and uh, um, some others that, you know, but pickups, but Derek White, I, I keep saying, how do we get him? 
what 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 was Santonio? What you know? Well, anyway, this guy he gets better and better. Uh, this what doesn't he do? He's he's a defense. He's he's defends defense. He makes your threes. He goes to the. Don't you love him on the, when he goes coast to coast? Oh, he's he, tremendous. That's way to get through that space either hand. This I mean, we just love this guy, and uh, he's become absolutely invaluable. We talked about him last episode. We did you know, the All Star Game, and I just. Don't think he'll get there because the competition is more glamorous and too fierce. But does he belong there? You're damn right. Well, if the players, I think if the players in the media had a bigger percentage of the vote, but 50% goes to the fans. So, and it should, and it should. So that may be his biggest obstacle. I, I can't, <laughs> I, I do this every time you mention Denny, Dennis Johnson, and it just brings me joy to say it. So excuse my redundancy. <laughs> no problem. Bob Ryan is courtside cover the game and this is before big time nba sold out and made everybody all those seats they kicked out the media and started selling those seats for a thousand dollars a pop dennis johnson's dribbling the ball up the floor bob ryan is pontificating to shaughnessy about something and dennis johnson says bob keep it down we're trying to play a game shaughnessy loves that story i love that story um um i can't deny it you know, I, I I don't remember it, but I I can't deny it. I mean, oh, so many I guys it. Are, that in the G shoot happened. one. That in the G shoot. That's for you, Bob Ryan. Yeah, well, that's that one. I love. I love telling that one myself. Tell it no. again. Go ahead. Okay. Rick Mahorn was a you know thuggy player. Let's face it, <laughs> and um, he uh, there was a circumstance where he had done he, he he's on one of his thuggy roles. I write one of my Sunday columns, and and I asked. Uh, uh, Daryl Garrettson, who was head of refs at the time, uh, uh, if certain players uh, are scrutinized more closely than other players because of their recurrent, behavior, their, their recurring behavior, their physical play, and 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 you know out of out of line, okay, they'll go over the line, you know, and and like and specifically, I asked him about Mahorn, I think, and he acknowledged in so many words or that that yeah, absolutely yes, and Rick Mahorn yes, okay, so I write this, and what, however I phrased it, we'd have to look it up, but I write it. And in my Sunday column. Now, guess who comes into town soon? The Baltimore Bullets, or the Washington Bullets, coached by Gene Shue with Rick Mahorn in the lineup. So in, in the game, I don't know what was the first period, probably whatever. They called a foul. Someone called a foul on Rick Mahorn. Now, in those days, I sat deliberately. We had the options you know, next to the visiting bench while at home, as much as close as I could sit, so I could soak up their atmosphere You know, in those days. On the road, they always put us next to our bench, uh, next to the Celtic bench. So I wanted to sit next to the visiting bench where I could at home. And the calls made on the horn. Gene Shu jumps up, turns around, and screams so you could hear it in the 59th row. That fouls on you, Bob Ryan. That's yes. your fault. <laughs> but which, hey, I, I was really happy to take credit if you want. <laughs> I love and now that. I had a good relationship with Gene Shu. You know, okay. So, but that that's... He did. I the guy. Which, just, first of all, I like the fact that he was reading Bob Ryan or, or reading. Uh, well, Bob, listen, everybody, <laughs> everybody in the NBA read Bob Ryan, McMullen, Shaughnessy, Peter May. It was murderer's row. I mean, everybody read that. Um, so, OK, so we go from there to, to, to Toronto game last night. Yeah. And I'm watching the game and I, I get so frustrated when load management comes into play. Right. So. And I read more about it in Washburn's column today, so I'm a little more enlightened. But I'm watching the game, and I'm like, why isn't Tatum playing? Come on. 
you know, he's going to have Saturday night off. They play again on Sunday. They get three days off later in the week. You know, then I hear he's, you know, he's nursing an ankle thing. So you don't have Tatum. You don't have Porzingis and you don't have um, uh, Horford. Al, Al, you don't have Al Horford. So, you know, you trot out, you know, Cornette gets 20 points and you trot out this bench and they go up by 20. And, you know, then you see Toronto come back and I'm getting frustrated as a fan watching this. Right. But when you read about it today, because I wasn't at the game, there's a method to Joe Missoula's madness. Well, I haven't read the column yet because my paper was late in being delivered. Okay, well, and, I'll tell and you I this. Didn't go, and I was waiting to go on. I can read it online, but I was waiting, give it a little. I haven't had the chance to. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, because you usually no, you know, you're there, you beat all of us. Um, he wants to get the guys minutes. His theory is, even if Tatum's out, we should still win the game. He goes, I need everyone on this bench to feel important and as though they can contribute. And that's kind of the feeling everybody has right now. And he goes, I need these guys ready for the stretch run if they don't make a deal, if they don't make a trade. Yeah. No. So there's some method to advantage. So he believes in his guys and he won. And he won. And, and I've been saying for a year, Luke Cornette isn't that bad. That Luke Cornette is an, an NBA player. And and he's a legitimate backup center with, who deserves to have a ten or twelve year career doing what he does, and he will, I think. And and uh, that, that that was a, a probably his signature contribution to this team since he's joined the team, you know. But but I'm 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 doing an I told you so to nobody in particular in the world that I've been saying I don't think he's that bad, and 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 I think he's he's an asset and uh, can be an asset. And last night he was an asset. Um, yeah, I I, I I'm. I was out to dinner, and I got and I when I got tuned into the game, they uh, were up by that twenty. So I watched the you know the the whole thing unfold as it as it did. And um, yeah, yeah, you're yelling at the set, you know, you're looking at stuff. Once there was some bad turnovers, you know, and all that, you know. But the other, give the other guy. It's the NBA. That the thing is, this is hardly uncommon. You know, I won't say every night in the league, some game like that takes that pattern, but probably every other night. You know, somebody is is coming from twenty or fifteen down, and maybe they maybe they they execute the final thing and get it done, or maybe they don't. But they get back in the game. Everybody in the league will tell you, you know, that the other team's going to make a run. They always they'll tell you that, and they believe that the other team's going to make a run. You know that, and so it was. Now, here's my one takeaway, and and um, um, you know, Brown, I didn't see him head off to that great start, but I know he had that great start and helped carry them. That's exactly what you expect and one out of him when Tatum is not there. If he's going to be the guy he thinks he is, then that's the kind of game he should play. And he played it. All right. For the most part. And then all right, then the game winning, the game clinching basket was that dish off that he made. And Brian Scalabrini was all over it. And he said, and he said, absolutely the, the perfect thing. He said, he doesn't make that pass last year. And that shows a sign of something, <laughs> whatever awareness uh, 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 that that we've been asking for him him to show, and if that's the way he's going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's really good. But uh, it wasn't like it was a great pass, but it was a it was a needed pass. It was a and uh, it, it was it was the pass you should make, but he made it. And and uh, Scal Scal was right; he probably doesn't make that pass last year. Little bit of Mbutu happening, little bit. <laughs> little bit. Yeah, yeah. So well, uh, listen, women. We, look, I've had this discussion. God, friends of mine, they coach in college. I keep telling them. Winning breeds chemistry. Yeah. They always tell me it's the other way around. I go, no, not in the pros, dude. 
Now, Winning breeds chemistry. And now there's a chemistry. There's a camaraderie with this team. And good for Joe Mazzulla. No, I recognizing that because, Bob, you know as well as I do, in the NBA now, it's not so much the X's and O's. It's 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 getting oh, it's, the team together. It's getting them. It's getting them together. It's getting them. Look, it, well, you get them to buy what you're selling. You got to get them to buy what you're selling. It's just that simple. And 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 uh, uh, you know, last year was they still won 57 games. Uh, you know, with, with, in his maiden voyage, and and we know he, he was a little shaky at times. And uh, I'm, I'm I think it's gonna be an important week for Joe. That interview he gave last week. Uh, some of the stuff that's up in that mind, we didn't know how. Some of the thoughts that were running around in that guy's mind. He's got this thing thought out the way he's got it thought out. He's uh, I'm impressed. I really learned a lot about him this week, and I'm I'm impressed with him. And um, I think they're in good hands. I think they're in fine hands. I agree with you. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Spolster's rise. Yeah, that's a very right. good point. And and uh, that's a very good point. So uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm I, I think it's in some ways it was an important week. And uh, that that's that's of course the winning the games they went on the road. Yeah, of course. Elsewhere in the league, or a few things are happening. Uh, I, I want to raise one more question yes, on this, because I need to get to this. Yes. Jalen Brown was phenomenal last night with 31 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Do we have to live with the 7 turnovers? To me, it's oh. kind of like yeah. you can't – if you if you praise the 31 points, you can't bitch about the 7 turnovers. They come together. You might – that's a very good question. I'm, I'm hesitant to declare it absolutely yes, but uh, it's – it's possible, but you know, I still, that's too many, obviously. I mean, three or four yeah. is one thing, but seven's not good. Uh, no, uh, I, I, he's, once again, he made the bet, he made the big play. I, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I've taken a public stance that people are, are, are looking for too much out of him. I mean, they're, they're putting him in a, a, impossible standards and accept him for how good he is and what he does for the team. Yeah, you might have to live with that, but uh, you get, we've had some big performances lately. Yeah, if we can get it down to five or less, that'd yeah, be great. But I'm with you. Right now, it's like, okay, Jalen, Tatum's on the bench. You're going to give me 31. You're going to give me 10. I'll And you're going to make it. I'll, I'll live with it. Yeah. I'll live with it. Anyways, yes, go ahead. Other thoughts. Oh, no, that's all. It'll be one interesting couple of games coming up. Because we're going to get a look at the two big guys, the two rookies, the two back-to-back. Uh, -back, if if Wembyana right. plays. They're going to San Antonio. Now, Wimbiana missed the last game, and uh, he's got an ankle. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to be available. But uh, then they go to Oklahoma City. And if the voting were being taken now for rookie of the year, I don't think there's any doubt Holmgren would win. And and uh, um, I want to see Holmgren. I'm anxious to see him play, uh, you know, a full game. And uh, so that's two intriguing. That's two reasons. For who, who would think that San Antonio OKC said they become appointment TV for me? And so uh, – well, people love OKC right now. Looking forward, yeah. I, 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 they're, they're a growth stock. They're definitely a growth stock, and um, so that, that's going to be, that's going to be fun, fun game. Okay. Well, all right. Now, uh, Phoenix, the big three, right, hasn't had much opportunity to play together. But Beal showed up last night, and uh, you know that. Well, so they're, they're so far away from where they might be, and, and you know, and. and so all they got to do is get in the and as they say that as Parcells would say the tournament. All they got to get in, get in the tournament, and then we'll see. Right now, there's no uh, that that should be their only goal is to you know hope that they're intact when April comes and see if it's all uh, if they're little. But you've dream. been big on watching Beal. I mean, you've been we've been waiting to see this because uh, we need some entertainment out of the West because Golden State isn't what they once were. Is anybody is anybody really going to challenge Denver? 
out of the West? I mean, is anybody really? Well, I mean, we got you know Minnesota. Are they for real? That's the big, the biggest yeah. question. Oh, is Minnesota? Are they for real? And and uh, uh, we will, you know, we. we I mean, if Phoenix is whole, <clears throat> and Amy Denver, if it works out, but Phoenix's big issue is the depth. They mortgage. Did they mortgage the farm too much to get these guys? Right. Um, they've given away draft picks into the twenty second century, and and uh, uh, you know they they better do what they're going to do. They're a now team, you know. Like, like oh yeah, team. we talked about this last time. Celtics are a now team, you know. When 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 you're not playing, really a now team. When you're not playing anybody, you know. When when the youngest guy you're playing in this NBA is twenty four, and that's and that's Pritchard, the youngest guy you're playing, that's. That's middle age so much now in the NBA. With look at what's going. But anyway, Phoenix is a now team, and they, they got to get it. Because Durant, you know, um, you know, says say no more. Are you still rolling along though? Very very well. By the way, happy birthday, LeBron! I got to say this. Uh, LeBron James turns thirty nine. Amazing. And, and uh, there was a very good story in USA Today on Friday about just putting it in perspective what he is doing at age thirty nine. Amazing. No one has ever come close to averaging 25, th- th- what he's doing. My- Michael Jordan had a game or two, you know, but, but this is this is the greatest aged, aging process the NBA has ever Well, had. I mean, this is this lends itself to LeBron when you do the LeBron-MJ you know, argument. Right? Yeah. I mean, Michael at 39, wasn't he a little chunky? He still averaged 20. He still averaged, Washington? he still averaged 20 a game, but he wasn't throwing in the triple doubles the, the way LeBron can do yeah. still and, and giving you, no, he, he wasn't, no, Mike LeBron is the, there's no, there's no competition. Kareem was still around and it was very useful, but he was no longer the, the force. LeBron isn't that far off where he was five years ago. I know. And it's not that, and the numbers prove it and, and the performances prove it. So, I mean, and happy birthday. This of course is uh, one of my favorite little uh, annual, it used to be a tweet, which is now an X, but, uh, the planets and stars were very well aligned on December 30th in 1935 when Sandy Koufax was born, in 1974 when Tiger Woods, five when Tiger Woods was born, and in 1984 when, when LeBron James was born, and all on the same day, the 30th of December. That's a tough one to beat, folks. That's a That's pretty good next. trio. <laughs> so what do we think about uh, the Joker here? Twenty. Uh, the Joker. The last two games. Well, the Joker had, had a unique triple-double. The other night, and it was unique. You know, if you use the word properly, it means one of a kind. One, there have been skillion triple doubles. None included a player going was perfect from the floor. He had a triple double on on Thursday night, in which he was eleven for eleven from the floor, en route to his twenty six points, fourteen rebounds, and ten assists. Then last night, in, in a losing effort, by the way, but last night, he shoots ten for eleven. He's 20 for 21 his last two games. Now, my first thought was, that's not many. That's what? Take more shots. <laughs> well, I mean, that's nice, but you only got, you know, I mean, hell, you know, maybe you'd be better off being uh, 15 for 19. But anyway, it's a, just an, I just want to throw it out there for people to take note. The man had a triple double by with, with a perfect knife on the floor, and that has never been done in the history of basketball. You know, we talked about this in the, the last episode. Uh, but you mentioned Sandy Koufax, and it reminds me of what we discussed because I can't remember if I read it before our show or after our show, but there were some more quotes from uh, Jokic about how he just wants to play basketball and go home. Yeah. I mean, sure. He was very emphatic about that. I, I just want to – I 
That's all I want to do. He could be the Koufax of the NBA. You know, like when he's done, you have no idea where he is. Yeah, it's very possible. Sometimes they change. But you're right. Uh, He's I want to be alone. There's no question about him. By the way, Sandy Koufax went to the University of Cincinnati on a basketball scholarship. He did? He did, by the way. And then he found out that he was a little bit better at another sport. (laughs) Just a little. I do know know that the state of Maine claims Koufax a little bit. Oh, yeah. He had a lot because he married Richard Widmark's daughter, right? Right. And, And... uh, and, and there was a main connection there that I, you know, there's a house, I think, up in Ellsworth or Bar Harbor. Yeah. Or... Yeah. And if, yeah. Um, I, I, I've never made the acquaintance. So that's one that's one I missed. I, I uh... that's uh, that's he was he was on the. Uh, he was on the shore with the wealthy Sama people. You and I are lake hounds. <laughs> We're lake hounds. We're lake people. Right. We're right. lake people. The people um, on the on the on the ocean. I'm, I'm a web lake person. Um, <laughs> the, now. This James Harden thing, I, they're 15 and eight. They lost five in a row when he went to the Clippers. Now they're 15 and eight. Just can't. Are they a threat? They're annoying. They're going to be a pesky team. Yeah, they're uh, if they're healthy. And now last night uh, they won and Leonard didn't play. You know, that's he's been that's been an issue with them for several years now. You know, and that they, they got four aging, you know, players. Don't forget, they got so Westbrook is coming off the bench. And uh, um, they, that's a team that they're going to have certain games where they're going to be terrific, I think. And they're going to have certain games where they're going to look their age. And, and uh, um, you know, under, underrated player on that team is Zubak, by the way. Um, he's not a bad player. He's one of you know, it's someone to do the definitive story. I've thought about it, but I don't, I'm, I'm too lazy. The uh, definitive story on the middle European big men in the NBA, you know. All, all, all the guys with names in an itch, you know, and, and and so forth. No, really. I mean, the big men are being produced produced elsewhere other than the United States of America, you know, and, and yeah. uh, quality big men. I still come back to, although Edie, oh, Edie's a Canadian, isn't he? Zach Edie. I think he is. I have to double check the kid at Purdue. But, you know, the fact is that once again, the, the reigning college player of the year is seven feet four, and he would not be in the first round of the draft if everything they're telling us. That's where, right. that's, that's where basketball is now. Yeah. Anyway, I think he's Canadian. That's so that would add to the to the uh, story. Anyway, Zubak is a, a pretty good player. But right, it's but Harden. I look up. You know, I want to dislike him so much. And and he he and I look up ten assists, eleven assists, twelve assists. I still say where they came from. I can never remember. <laughs> I I swear. Does he bribe every scorer in the league? As, you as, love as, that. You I don't love know how that. he does it, but. I'm going to have to give the man his due. You know, I don't want to. I just That's uh, awesome. Bob, uh, a movie note as we end. Did you see Maestro yet? Uh, no. And we, 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 um, I want to, but it's, it was number one on my list, except that it, it came and went in my town on one week. And I thought it would be around. We're going to go see it. What I did see last night was Ferrari. Oh, what'd you think? Elaine, my wife liked it a lot. I liked it. Okay. Uh, you know, Adam Driver, you know, he's on screen like 90% of the time. Um, and, and he's very good. Um, it's, it's, I didn't, you know, and I know that there's uh, fiction mingled with fact in the story. And I, I, I wish I had saved the, some of the reviews to read, you know, but it, 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 it grabs you. I'll tell you what, if, uh, if you don't like noise, don't go. Because uh, the scenes, I'm saying, you know, the, the car racing scenes are, are very, very graphic. Um, anyway, it, it's worthwhile. I would say, yeah, sure. Don't, don't, don't. I will don't say go. this about, that's Michael Mann, right? Yes, it's Michael Mann. That's a director's movie. <laughs> okay. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm like, thinking, I'm thinking about 
Oh, editors. How about an editor? How about the put oh, that? Wow. Oh, my God. They, I'm telling you, if you want to look at a, what must have been a hyphen busting job was putting that thing together with the editing that was needed to do with that show. Let me if you talk to the people that work on sets every day, you know, so when I'm fortunate enough to work on a movie, I love to talk to the crew and pick mm -hmm. their brain, you mm -hmm. know, because these people are veterans and they've seen it all. They will tell you the sound person and the editor are the two most important people. I mean, cinematographer, obviously, you know, yeah. but like sound, mixing oh. and editing, mm -hmm. it, you can't. Oh. Hey, look, uh, Scorsese's had, I forgot the, the woman's name, Helen, I believe. He's had the same editor for 35 years or whatever, 40 years. And she's won more, she's won more Academy Awards than him. <laughs> yeah. so there you go. No, so so don't shy away from it. But oh, my show top of my list. What's well, on Netflix? Yeah, I know, and that's we, that's our resort. And uh, you know, you can see I it's um I always prefer I like going to theater. Well, I I, I think it's a movie you do want to see on the big screen. I say I don't know if Bradley Cooper will win Best Director, but he's going to win Best Actor. I, uh, I I I a friend Gene Ortz of the famous the former NBA I mean the base, Major League Baseball aide de camp to to uh, uh, Donald Fair. Is, a, is someone is an acquaintance, just going strong acquaintance of mine, longstanding, and and he's a big buff on a lot of things, and he was uh, telling us you before you go if you can to appreciate what Cooper has done, and as an as an actor and and as a musician that he studied like for six years they said oh yeah crazy so the performance he puts on when he's conducting the pivotal scene of Mahler's Second Symphony is you can it's extraordinary and you can go YouTube up. Uh, the real deal with Bernstein and and I did and I'm not I'm hardly qual I hardly qualify as a classical music buff you know I love music but that's not my genre you know I'm I'm great American songbook Broadway right. 50s 60s 70s rock you know but I'm not uh, but but this moved me Gary I'm telling you this and I can't wait to see the movie to see the the big screen and then all the the real well movie. wait for the big screen I mean but they say the they say that uh, but he said. You, Cooper is extraordinary, and and of course this is Bernstein with the hair flying and and, oh, and yeah. the stuff. But it's he said, but the conducting itself is professional. Wow, he's amazing. He's going to win Best Actor, no doubt. Well, you know, Sarah it, Silverman from New Hampshire, she's great in it. So it's going to be continue a longstanding trend now of people winning Best Actor or Actress portraying a real person. Hard to do. Well, but it's done all. But it, well, it's hard, but. Somebody wins an Oscar doing it. I know. You know why? Because <laughs> this is, and this is my friends, my my sports brethren who sometimes chuckle at the art of acting with me. Oh, actors, take a look at that. <laughs> take a look when you have to play a real person mm -hmm. and with you two, and you still win it. That is extraordinary. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it. We're going to we're going to seek it out. It's got to be around town. Around oh, you'll find it somewhere. You probably might have to go to a mall or something. That's OK. Bob, Happy New Year. Hey, that's great. Thank you. Hey, Happy New Year. And thank all our supporters who uh, you know, uh, they're wonderful. And, 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 you know, it's been fun working with you. Oh, I'm looking forward. But uh, this this anyway, the season, the Southerners are going to provide us with uh, a lot of nights of pleasure. They, they are doing they're doing they've done it already and they're, they're doing they're going to do more. Give us more. Okay, we've been brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Networks. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. 
That's 150 bucks for Bob Ryan if your team wins. For Bob Ryan, I'm Gary Tangway. See you in 24.